0: And welcome to another episode of Convancing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown, and Richard Snape. Hello. Today, Richard, I understand we're going to talk about the case of Lees versus Kay and Dixon, which is about selling property under a charging order and the debt respite scheme and the convincing implications when selling and buying, which, if I understand it correctly, is very um, applicable to all property professionals. So to start with, can you tell us something about the background to the debt respite scheme legislation?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky piece of legislation. I can't pretend um, an expert on the details, and I've obviously got to dwell on the conveyancing side of these things. It's a very tricky case, actually, as well. But it was um, the debt uh, respite scheme was part of the raft of legislation that was introduced uh, as a consequence of COVID, although it didn't actually come into force until May of uh, 2020. Its full title of the regulations is the debt respite scheme brackets breathing space moratorium and mental health crisis moratorium close brackets brackets England and Wales close brackets regulations of 2020. A nice pithy and uh, snappy title there. The gist of it is this you can either apply for a Breathing space rest, uh, moratorium through a, well, a a debt advisor who's recognised by the Financial Conduct Authority uh, to have a respite of sixty days on on your debts, and during that respite scheme until it ends, then you can't take action enforcement action as a creditor against the debtor. The other scheme, the uh, mental health crisis moratorium scheme was for somebody who's been treated by an approved mental health professional who can then ask for a debt advisor or the mental health professional or social workers and various other people, carers, to uh, ask for a mental health crisis moratorium, which lasts as long as the... um, the, the mental health treatments occurring plus 30 days, again, during that time period, you're not supposed to take any enforcement action to enforce the debt or take steps to, to recover any debts. There is an exception, which was important in the case, for uh, personal injury debts. They're accepted from the legislation, but that's the gist of it. I say it's a lot more complicated than that. What also happens is that when you've made an application in the correct form, the insolvency service registers the application and is supposed to contact electronically any creditors, but it seems that uh, they might not know all the creditors uh, initially. And you could be contacted after the moratorium is in place, which is tricky for reasons we're going to see. That's the background. So very complicated. I don't think the property lawyers need to know too much of the detail, just that it's there, really.
0: So Richard, can you give us some of the background facts,
1: please? Yeah, it all took place in a place called Laysfield Road, I think it's Laysfield Road, which is in Shepherd's Bush in London. And um, it was a the property involved, was, uh, it was a house that had been converted into two flats, Masonettes to be precise. They, there was a sort of typical residence management company and they granted themselves 19 uh, long leases. I'll do that a will again. There was a typical residence management company and uh, they granted long leases to themselves. The downstairs flat was occupied by somebody called Amanda Lees. The upstairs was initially occupied by somebody called Ivan Kay, who apparently, not that this is relevant too much to the decision, used to play Dr. Jonathan Leroy uh, in EastEnders. I, I don't watch EastEnders, but uh, do you know him, Mandy? I think it was... Before my time. Yeah, but anyway, but uh, yes, um, a celebrity. But anyway, they had problems uh, with one another, and uh, in particular, Amanda Lee seems to have taken to uh, banging on the on the ceiling, uh, come floor, and uh, shouting throughout the night. So eventually, Mr. K took uh, action uh, for nuisance and also under Protection from Harassment Act of 1997. And eventually, he actually got damages, quite significant damages, 96636 or £936, Of which £12,000 uh, constituted mental distress. Most of the rest of it was um, £69,000 for reduction in value of the property. Um, he decided he'd had enough, and he actually sold his uh, flat to the partner of... Uh, Ms. Chelsea Dixon, I like the names in this case, who uh, features shortly and features in the, in the case name. The judge ordered also costs against uh, Ms. Lees, which she didn't pay, uh, nor did she pay any of the damages. And so Mr. K applied for a charging order, obtained a charging order to force, uh, basically to force eventually sale of the property. It seems that just before the charging order was uh, well, the possession was uh, went ahead. They got a bit of possession. They got enforcement officers around, but just before that, she seems to have registered a mental health crisis moratorium. But uh, it seems it's a bit unclear in the law report actually whether that he didn't know anything about this. It seems to have been the insolvency service seemed to have assumed that it was his solicitor who was the creditor and not uh, not Mr. K. So um, they got the rest of possession and they got possession of the premises. This was in January of this year, and uh, they found a purchaser, which was. Uh, Chelsea Dixon, so she could, with her partner, basically have the whole of the property. And she bought on March the 10th for £505,000. And then Ms Lees applied to have the sale set aside. You know, the sale had gone ahead, she had a mortgage. Uh, It hadn't been registered at the Land Registry yet, but uh, that was basically what the case was about. And so she applied and eventually it got to the High Court.
0: So Richard, what was the decision?
1: Thanks for that. Uh, you didn't proceed it far enough, but uh, yeah, it was heard by his honour, Judge Dight, and there were several arguments put forward. The first was... Um, When does the moratorium start? I said there have been some dispute as to, it seems that Mr. K had not uh, heard about this moratorium. And the judge decided on that one, the legislation was clear. I'm not sure it is clear, but it's the day that uh, the Debt Advisor provides the Secretary of State with the information for the the registration, and uh, the registration would uh, make that quite clear, the date relevant date. So it had been correctly registered. That was the first point. Secondly, they argued because £12,000, if you remember the damages, was uh, for mental distress. That made it a personal injury claim. The court decided there that uh, it wasn't uh, psychiatric harm, but just mental distress. It wasn't a recognised illness, although there was a bit of a debate about that from what I could see. They also said that only £12,000 of the £96,000 constituted the mental Distress anyway, so even if it was a psychiatric illness, it still wouldn't have succeeded as a claim. The most ex- important part of it for the conveyances is the effect of uh, bringing action under the, the charging order and selling the property, because the court there decided that although the charging order still remained, every transaction that followed during the moratorium from, you know, from the charging order was non and void. So the purchasers, Ms. Dixon, didn't get legal title, nor did the mortgage company get a valid mortgage, which is quite frightening in its uh, implications in certain circumstances. You're faced with a huge amount, of, the seller in particular is faced with a huge amount of potential liability for not actually passing any type of title whatsoever, not just good title. The mine boggles, you know, everything that flows on, including the mortgage, is basically invalid in law. And I say the mine does boggle what happens, for instance, if there's a subsale, you know, soon afterwards during the moratorium period, presumably the same would apply. And it's very, very difficult to think about uh, a way of uh, proceeding in relation to that. Be very, very careful, obviously, if it's a sale under a charging order. You can go after the court to, to be exempted, and the court's also got uh, an ability to decide that the transaction was valid, uh, but only in exceptional circumstances, and the judge wasn't prepared to accept that this was were exceptional circumstances. So the conveyances in those circumstances have to be very, very careful. Well, thanks again, as always. Dr. Dr. Jonathan Leroy. So I can't resist saying that if you've been affected by any of today's issues, here's a number to call. It's Monday's at (laughs)
0: Lawshaw. Thanks. Until next time. Okay. You have been listening to another episode of Convancing Coffee Break, the only podcast for busy convincing professionals, brought to you by Lawshore Insurance, the UK's leading provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.